Welcome in, hour number four. We are glad you're on board. Good to have you today. Good stuff. Good stuff. I got a nice, uh, nice note from Greg, who said, uh, "Did you hear when you were in Tomahawk that the Bambino's Pizza closed down? There was a fire at the Mexican restaurant. They are now in Bambino's." I did. I, I don't know why I'm reading this, but I, it just came across. And uh, we, uh, the reason that he, I bring it up is we did. We uh, every year when we go to the Tomahawk Fall Ride, uh, we stop usually at Bambino's when you're walking up and down the street for a slice of pizza. It's been there a while, and it's like everybody goes there or has been there at one point or another walking up and down Main Street. Uh, there's a there's a supper club across the street. It's a shame that it closes during the fall ride. It's like the Pine something. Uh, God, I can't remember the name of it. It, it. It's a supper club. Really good steaks, though. Really good steaks. And a few years back, I was there the weekend before uh, the Tomahawk Fall Ride, and I went there, and uh, myself and a couple of friends and Kristen went, and oh my God, we had a fantastic meal. But for whatever reason, the last couple of years, they closed down during the uh, Tomahawk Fall Ride. However, the good news is that if you are in the area and you ride up there or what have you, uh, Bambino's, yes, they sold the restaurant. And I can't remember the name of the Mexican restaurant that is now in there because the Mexican restaurant that was on Main Street burned down. And so they moved, if I'm, if I got all my stories right, they moved into Bambino's and Bambino's then became a food truck. Pizzas are easier to do in a food truck. Um, now it's not great to do wood fired continuously unless you have a tow behind, but, um, Bambino's has got some good pizza and they are now a, a food truck. So they have, uh, as a matter of fact, today I saw that popped up on the, uh, I think it was on Facebook uh, today when I was kind of perusing the last break. It was the Tomahawk Chamber of Commerce page that I follow. And it popped up that Bambino's is a pop-up pizza day today. So um, I'll still get it when I'm up there. Hopefully Bambino's is around somewhere. But uh, still get it. It's just kind of like tradition. You know, when you go up there, that's what you, one of the things you do. You swing by Bambino's. You always go down to the, what is it, the VFW Hall and get the Jello shots that they make. And you always walk Main Street. You try to be there for the parade. You end up over Bonnie and Clyde's for sure. And just like Puxatani Phil popping up, you got Jackal on Saturday night, which I hope they're back again this year. And it's it's a great time. We it's just certain things we do. You go over to the uh, um, the supper club. Was it uh, is it Bonnie and Clyde's? It's not Bonnie and Clyde's. It's uh, not Gangsters Park. I can't remember what the name of it is. But there's a supper club right on the water on Lake Nokomis. And that's a great place to go to. Really good French onion soup there, too. But anyway, that's it. <laughs> that's it. Uh, that's my, my food tour of, uh, of Tomahawk. Uh, you know, we get to quite a few bars and restaurants, loophole, and castaways, which castaways, bootleggers. Thank you very much, Ryan. Bootleggers, you're correct. Bootleggers, supper club. But uh, we're going to actually get up to castaways this year, too. And I think we're going to do a show there. Uh, I don't know what day. I don't have it written in stone yet but we're going to do a show there whether it's one of the shows leading into the fall ride or it's maybe a huddle or something like that but we're gonna we're gonna do a show there for sure so we'll be at castaways this year too up in tomahawk so a lot of good stuff i love traveling around the state we're actually kind of putting our our uh our travel plans together now we're starting off with some of the cigar dinners uh hopefully we're doing a lot of that stuff around your area again this year and then once the Packers schedule comes out, we'll start putting in and penning in some of our postgame shows and 
and huddles and such. So we'll we'll let you know all of that stuff as it's released. But there you go. And Brandon, I know, or I'm making myself hungry, right? Sitting here talking about it. But I love it when we get emails like that and stuff from around the state of Wisconsin. Always good. Always good. 877-867-1670. 877-867-1670. If you want to find us, you can please feel free to go ahead and do so. Uh, out of the possible free agents that could be cut loose by the Green Bay Packers, Bill, who do you think would return? Um, now, if you're talking about the guys we were talking about earlier, where it's Darnell Savage, Kayshawn Nixon, John Runyon, A.J. Dillon, those guys that, you know, voided out, um, or free agents, um, Keyshawn Nixon and Darnell Savage, those two guys, I would say probably the most likely to return. I think, uh, I think A.J. Dillon is... He's off to another pasture. I think same thing with John Runyon. As much as John Runyon loved it here and wants to be here, I think they probably went, eh, we're going to see if we can get better and deeper. So I would probably have to say Darnell Savage and Keyshawn Nixon. Um, John Runyon, uh, really, and the shame of it is about John Runyon, since he got here, I mean, almost day one, he was – thrown into the starting rotation because of injury. I think it was that first game in Jacksonville. Injury right away, and boom, next thing you know, he's the guy. And he's pretty much – he's been a a mainstay on the offensive line for quite some time. I just don't think they want to pay him because they've been able to just find offensive linemen. So if you can find one younger and cheaper, why pay one that is not great but adequate? So I think they'll go in that direction. The Packers will pay their outstanding offensive linemen. They paid yes. Octiari. Yes. Uh, they paid Elton Jenkins. Elton Jenkins. They'll, yeah. they'll pay those guys for their first two contracts, never a third. What right. they won't do, and what I think is smart, is they won't pay big money for guys they feel are replacement level. They'll just yes. get an, they'll get another one. Yes, exactly. If you are not above average or or special, you don't get another contract in Green Bay as an offensive lineman. They just move on. Yeah, they don't pay great money for a good player, which is smart, especially for a team that's confident. Like, the Packers are pretty confident, I'd imagine, that they can replace John Runyon Jr. Yes. Whereas yeah. other teams who might really struggle with O-line might not feel that way. No, I mean, you take a take a team like the Jets. Jets need offensive linemen desperately, and he could end up finding his way being, being the guy that's, again, up in front of uh, Aaron Rodgers upon his return. Which, by the way, going back to that, uh, and, and reading some of the comments over in the live stream and reading a couple of emails. Um, there's, I'll tell you this, man, there is a, um, there is a disdain in New York for, for Aaron Rodgers. I mean, you are either buying in that he's coming back and he's going to lead you to the promised land, or you can't wait to get rid of him. It's, 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 it's far, far, far more polarizing in New York after one season of 73 seconds in an injury than I think it ever was in Green Bay. It, it is, you are either on Team Rogers or you are not. And if you are not, you, some of the vitriol. I was watching some of the, uh, some of the message boards and they, you know, you can see the fan and you can see certain, you know, radio stations and, and call-in shows. 
And they'll talk about all kinds of stuff. The Knicks are starting to play well. A lot of optimism for the Yankees this year and what they've done. You know, they talk about Dable going from being kind of the 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 guy that's resurrected the New York Giants to possibly being again on the hot seat going into this season and this and that. And all of a sudden, it just always circles back to Aaron Rodgers, much like talk here in, in Wisconsin did for so many years. And it just is explosive. Uh, I just <laughs> and again, I just smile and take pleasure in it because I'm like, OK, it's not our issue anymore. But um, it, it's. It's kind of nice. And I had this realization uh, last week when I was kind of not on the air. And I was kind of nursing my head. and I was just listening to stuff. Um, it's kind of nice to know that we're not crazy. That's the best way to put it, because the same issues have popped up in New York that we were kind of dealing with here, and the national media thought we were nuts. How dare you think about getting rid of a Hall of Fame quarterback? How dare you, you know, not take care of him and cater to him and, and do everything he needs to do? Well, they did all of that in New York. And now, what are they? They're left on the outside looking in. They are in the exact same place or worse than they were this time last year. And... Their coach is on the hot seat. Their offensive coordinator is on the hot seat. Uh, their offensive line's uh, 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 just a mess. There's finger pointing going on. I mean, it just it, it's like wow. What a, and Mike Clements had it earlier when we had him on driving down to Indianapolis. What a difference a year makes. When this time last year we were waiting for Gudikins to speak. A lot of talk about Rodgers, a lot of talk about where he was going to go, coming out of the retreat, saying that they didn't want him and you didn't answer my phone and I didn't answer your phone and you don't know how to get a hold. It's just like all this craziness going on in those couple of months between the time that the Packers decided to move on and Rodgers made his first presser uh, in New York. And what a difference a year makes. Oof. <laughs> Crazy. Craziness. 877 867 1670. If you want to give us a shout, uh, please feel free. Go ahead and do so. 877-867-1670. Uh, coach says, uh, rank them. Aaron Jones, A.J. Dillon, uh, Juwan Harris, Starks, Eddie Lacy, Amon Green, Vince Workman, Daryl Thompson. Oh, my God. Uh, I think we go with Amon Green first. I would go with uh, A.J. or Aaron Jones second. Uh, Workman, maybe Workman, Eddie Lacy, third in that mix. Um, Thompson, Harris, uh, start to go down the list. And then I'd probably put Starks. Starks is an interesting cat because he turned it on when they needed him most. After Ryan Grant went down with the injury, Starks turned it on and they needed him in that game against uh Philadelphia in the postseason and he did exactly what they needed him to do he wasn't a guy that was going to give you a bunch of breakaway stuff but he churned out yards he made them play honest and that got guys open because that team was so talented anyway with the wideouts but that guy got that that got guys open down the field remember it used to be like the death knell if you tried to play single high safety against Aaron Rodgers because he would just look one way, draw a safety over, and boom, he'd hit you to the opposite side, whether it was James Jones, Donald Driver, Jordy Nelson. I mean, you can go on and on and on. Greg Jennings, for all the talent they had in the wideout position, you just didn't play single high safety against him. So in, in a lot, when Starks started to run well, he, I, that game specifically sticks out in my mind. 
that first playoff game, that wild card weekend, when they had to go on the road in Philadelphia. So that's kind of that, that's kind of how I would gauge some of that productivity. Otherwise, you're talking about a lot of similar guys when it came to productivity, not necessarily the running style, but productivity. But that's kind of the way I would go. I was going to so. do that for buy or sell here in 20 minutes. Now I got to think of a new question. <laughs> rank every Packers running back for the last however many right? years. Starks right? Starks peak on that playoff run. Like it, it just depends on how you value these guys. Because when yeah. Starks was hot and he was hot at the perfect time, like he didn't have the career that some of those other guys had. But when no. he was on, man, he was he was on. Yep, yep. He, uh, you know, and Eddie Lacy, I he had so much ability and he just didn't care he just he just there were other things that he could not get away from and we all know he kind of ate himself out of the league but he just didn't care he was a really passive cat going through life and oh by the way I happen to play football and uh, has anybody seen him lately by the way have we had any recent pictures of Eddie Lacy by any chance, Grant, have, have we seen anything that Eddie Lacy has done in, in, say, the last two years? He's been a pretty private guy. He had that stint with the Seahawks, and yeah. I, it, I haven't heard. In fact, all of the links that I can find say, what happened to Eddie Lacy? I think he must yeah. just be a private guy. Right. Yeah, yeah, there's not a whole lot going on with Eddie Lacy. And I, I just got to imagine they're going to have some kind of day where he's going to come back. And he's either going to surprise people because he's, he'll be fit, or he is going to look like a bowling ball with feet. One of the t- I don't think there's a whole lot in between with him. Because, I mean, he he loved to come to Milwaukee, head over to Casablanca and eat and eat. And, yeah, he, he, he loved to hang out in Milwaukee and grub down. No doubt. So, uh, Brett says he was on the Packers bus trip last year. So, I did not see him on that. I didn't realize that. So I'd be real interested to see him. And I still go back to when he was coming back in that game that he played in Cincinnati. I, and he just came back with a reckless abandon. I'm like, wow, this guy, he's, he's, he can be special. He could be special. And he just never, never materialized. Anyway, uh, let's do this. We're going to step away, take a quick break, and we'll come back. We've got a lot more to get to. Hey, uh, if you are looking for something to do, uh, whether it's Fish Fry Friday or maybe you want to go over for some good music. They always have something going on, whether it's bingo or a comedy show or something. Boondocks Barbecue Burgers and Brews Boondocks. And they have the restaurant, uh, and they also have the market inside. So Boondocks Barbecue Restaurant and Market uh, right there on Stonebank Road in Oconomowoc, County Road K. And they've got the Easter brunch menu that is out now. So if you're thinking about doing something with the family for Easter brunch, seating starts at 9, then there's one at 11, then there's one at 1. So it's 27 bucks, and it gets you the whole thing. So they have that menu out. They have always the Sunday fun days with Bloody Marys and sliders on the Bloody Marys and such. And they also have a weekly menu that comes out as well. So if you're looking for uh, if you're looking for just a place to go that always has something happening, that is our friends over there at uh, Boondocks Barbecue Burgers and Brews. Boondocks Barbecue Restaurant and Market now. County Road K in Oconomowoc. Stop in, tell Tom and the whole staff we said hi. More than the Bill Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network.
Well, Valentine's Day and Christmas and such has come and gone, but we know that maybe Mother's Day, you've got uh, birthdays, anniversaries, or maybe just shopping. Our friends at Kane and Kane, K-O-E-H-N, Kane and Kane Jewelers, located in West Bend, Wisconsin. Go to KaneJewelry.com. And Andy Kane, who is the owner, longtime owner, his family has had that store for a long time. Uh, he does also a podcast called Buy Like a Guy, and Andy's a great guy, and they do so much stuff, whether it's bourbon and whiskey tasting or, you know, daily you know, dad stuff or just uh, they're talking about jewelry. Whatever it happens to be, go to Kane Jewelry, K-O-E-H-N, KaneJewelry.com. But they have engagement rings, wedding rings, anniversary bands, pendants, necklaces. You can go through the whole laundry list. Whatever it is jewelry-wise you're looking for and repair and such as well. They can do it, and it is worth the drive. People always ask me, do you really go to West Bend? Yes, it's worth the drive. The Hearts on Fire diamond is fantastic if you're looking for a really, really, really beautiful diamond. Um, and, again, I'm that's not my bag, man. I just look at it and go, wow, that's that's incredible. And then you go, okay, I'll, I'll buy it, and that's the way it goes. But Andy knows his stuff. His whole staff does. His wife, Jen, does. Go to Kane and Kane Jewelers in West Bend. Kane and Kane Jewelers. They want to rock your world. Coming up, bottom of the hour, we've got uh, some buy or sell that we're getting ready for you. So we'll get into that uh, here in about 10 minutes, so don't go anywhere. Uh, what else do we have here for you? 877-867-1670. Hit us up. Uh, our buddy Steve says, hey, Bill, I'm a frequent visitor uh, to Tomahawk, and I think you're referring to the Pine Tree Supper Club. Yes. Not the Pine Cone, Pine Tree Supper Club in, in Tomahawk. Oh, their steaks are so good. The cool thing is you can eat right at the bar the whole dinner. They have those. Uh, they have one of those bar rails that uh, the top rail that's like separated from the bar, and it's got those inserts that slide into the bar, and it becomes like a little table area for you. And it's oh, it's so good. They had one of the best steak dinners ever up there. The Pine Tree Restaurant. I had a caller from Monaco who wanted me to pass that along to you. The Pine Cone for Inquiring Minds is in Johnson Creek, and they have yes. very good cream puffs. You can get them right at the gas station. A lot of really? people don't. Yes. It's a good life hack. If you're coming in and out of Milwaukee for a brewer game, you stop at the Pine Cone. It looks very run-of-the-mill, like, cafe attached to a gas station. Just go into the gas station, get some cream puffs. They're very, there very, very, very good. There we go. So Pine Cone is out in Johnson Creek. Pine Tree is up in Tomahawk. Pine Cone also has really good breakfasts. I've had a couple of business meetings out there, kind of halfway between here and Madison. And, uh, yeah, I've had uh, some really good breakfasts out there. It's right across the street from our sponsor, which is Jane l Tyrant Service Center. But, yeah, the Pine Cone out there in Johnson Creek. Know it, know it well. Um, let's see here. The sports odds and ends, the opening college, college football power four conference lines. Here we go. Uh, Clemson, Florida State, Miami picked to be the top three over in the ACC. In the Big Ten, where would you guess Wisconsin to be? In the Big Ten, you now have, what, 15, 14, 15, 16 teams, something like that? Well, if we're just talking about the old old guard, I don't know why you'd have them over Michigan, Ohio State, Penn State. I don't know why you'd have them over Iowa the last couple of seasons. I don't think Iowa's great, but so that puts them at at least fifth or sixth. And that's now we're welcoming in USC and some in Washington, Oregon. Yeah. So where are they? Like eight, nine? Mm, they're further down than that. Ten? Yeah. 16, 17 teams now in the Big Ten. It goes like this. Ohio State, Oregon, Michigan, Penn State, 
USC, Iowa. Oh, so, so you can't argue with any of those. You kind of get it. Yep, those were those were the ones that I thought were easy. Yeah. For sure. Maryland, Washington, Nebraska, UCLA, then Wisconsin. I don't agree with that, but that's the way Vegas sets it up to be. Wisconsin, an 80-1 to one shot to win the Big Ten. That's, man. Nebraska's made some good moves, but... Uh, right? They got that great quarterback. Then it goes Illinois, Michigan State, Northwestern, Minnesota, Purdue, and Indiana. I mean, they can't beat Northwestern. I, I, I understand they can't beat Northwestern either with yeah. any certainty the last couple of years. I get it. Yeah. So... They've got him at 11th in the Big Ten. 17 teams in the Big Ten. They've got him 11th. Vegas does. Uh, the SEC, now that Nick Saban is retired, no longer king of the hill when it comes to Georgia and Alabama. It's still Georgia at number one. Texas now at number two. Mississippi, Alabama, Tennessee. Uh, LSU then coming in at number six. Uh, and then you've got... The odds to win the Western Conference, believe it or not, it's Oklahoma City and then Minnesota and Denver. That's that's where that goes. So that's kind of interesting within itself. And then you've got uh, Boston, then uh, then Cleveland, then the Bucks, then the Knicks, then the 76ers and Pacers. So that's kind of the way that shakes out, which is pretty much the way the standings go at this point. But interesting stuff. BetOnline.ag has it all for you. If you want to throw some uh, throw some cash down on it, but eleventh, they've got to pick at eleventh in the Big Ten. Now, I said nine wins this year. That'd be a pretty decent season for the schedule that Wisconsin has. Nine wins, not a bad way to go. But eleventh, eighty to one odds. They're actually they're tied with UCLA at eighty to one, so they're te- technically tied for tenth in the Big Ten. But, man, that's it's not what I expected. I thought Wisconsin would be a little bit higher, but uh, not not so, according to the betters out in Las Vegas, who usually, they're not wrong very often. Not wrong very often. So I hope, to, I, I hope knock on wood, they're wrong. I really do. Uh, so there you go. Uh, Rick says, uh, thoughts on the legend Peter King retiring. I was looking forward to the annual training camp visits. That's Rick listening to us in WOSQ in Marshfield. Uh, we talked about him a little bit earlier. We talked a little bit uh, with, with Mike Clemens uh, about Peter King and Peter King announcing his retirement. There's something to be said for uh, the way the, the coverage. Do you like the coverage of the NFL? If you're a fan, you're sitting out there. I mean, you're inundated with it. Uh, players have a podcast. Everybody that thinks they know the NFL has a podcast. There's radio shows like this one. There's TV shows. There's betting shows. There's matchup shows. You know, all of that. And then there is the, you don't really have any more other than maybe some agents that are, you know, locked in with certain reporters and such. Most of the information is kind of spoon-fed to either Adam Schefter or Ian Rappaport. You don't get a lot of reporters anymore breaking the news. Not not as often. Every now and then it happens. I'm not saying never. But you don't get it as much. And a lot of it, the coverage now, the stories and the lean of the stories now come from the teams. 
and those who work for the teams covering the teams. And I got into this discussion the other day of teams having their own, and I get it, you want to have your own website to promote your own pieces and such. But to put those reporters into the same shell as the beat writers and such that are there and the, that are that are trying to get to some things, some hard hitting stuff. There's so much that's controlled by the teams. It's it. Yeah, I agree. Maybe Peter King got a little bit frustrated, but then, then again, the guy. Look, I watched him. You know, Grant, you watched him walk around Radio Row. First of all, he's like reporting royalty, but secondly, he doesn't move real well anymore. He's an older dude. And at some point you just say, you know what? I think I've done enough. I think I'm good. So I, I don't know why he's retiring, but uh, I, I don't find it shocking, to be honest. You never need an excuse. If you don't want to work anymore and you're that age, you don't. I don't need, I don't need a reason. You just don't want to work anymore. Like that's, that's fine. The one thing, and I, Bill, maybe you can speak to this. The one thing that I love about NFL coverage versus for example, NBA coverage or even baseball coverage, like reporters that cover the NFL for the most part, it would seem love the NFL and they love getting a chance to tell the stories. And it doesn't matter if it's the Detroit lions or the Cleveland Browns or the Rams. It seems whenever there's an NFL event or a, a draft or the combine. We're going to Indy. How great is this? We're going yeah. to Kansas City. Whereas in the NBA, it's like, oh, we got to go to Milwaukee in July. Right. Like, it's such a whiny. It's yeah. the media. They're more about them and other sports. And I, I don't know yep. if Peter King was a part of that. You can maybe speak to that. But that's what I love about football. No, football he was he was he, he was an NFL guy. I mean, everybody I've ever met that has uh, the only guy that I know that really transferred out of football coverage into something else, Jim Ozarski. Jim Ozarski started out being a reporter covering the Packers. And then uh, Jim went to Cincinnati. He got a job with the Cincinnati. I think it was Cincinnati Enquirer. And he was writing there and covering the Bengals. And then he got the opportunity to come back and cover the Bucks full-time. Well, you take a full-time job. You just do. And it, it, this is where he's from. He wanted to return to the area, so he took the Bucks job. So he transferred from the NFL to the NBA. It's a different grind. But um, you know the guys that I really probably respect, not one necessarily the most, but, man, baseball writers, they may not work specifically all year round, all the time, as, but, but they work every damn day, every day in the baseball season. Whereas NFL writers – you know, you can take maybe a day off. You're up there. You're going to practice. You're covering a story. You're writing. But baseball writers, man, you've got – you're going from Milwaukee to New York, from, and you're doing – if you don't have a get, getaway day, you're there until 11 or 12 at night jumping on a red eye or jumping on a plane first thing in the morning, getting to the next site, going straight to a ballpark. Man, beat reporters in, the, in Major League Baseball, that is a – that's not an easy gig. By any stretch of the imagination, man. Uh, let's do this. We're a little bit late. We got uh, some buy or sell coming up here, bottom of the hour. Stick around. We still got a couple more, a uh, couple more segments yet to go. We we're not going anywhere, so why should you? Right? Stay tuned. More of the Bill Michael Show next. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network.
Good to have you back. The Bill Michael Show. We continue on. Hey, don't forget about our friends at Every Plumbing and Heating. They are located out in La Crosse. La Crosse, Trempeleau, Monroe, Vernon, and Jackson counties on Alaska, technically. But if you uh, say you need to replace your water heater, they can do that. Water softener replacement, they can do that. Uh, maybe you need your uh, the sewer or the drain cleaned in your home. They can do that. Whether it's new construction, you're going to do a remodel, bathroom remodel, uh, septic system installation, outside faucet repair if, God forbid, it froze up. I mean, so many things they can do. In-floor heat installation, the hot water pipes uh, that kind of go through the heat or go through the floor to warm the feet so the house is always nice and toasty. They do all of that. Every plumbing and heating, they can do all of that for you. All you got to do is call. And they're hiring, too. That's the best part of it. I know they just hired a uh, a plumber as well and they were pretty happy about that they got a really really good one that uh, just came on board so if you're looking for any kind of plumbing need at all every plumbing and heating they're right there in La Crosse, Trempeleau, Monroe, Vernon, Jackson counties call them 608-783-2803 608-783-2803 that is every plumbing and heating third generation call Craig and the gang and you're good to go all right time now let's do it it is time for some buy or sell in the world of sports, a lot of people say a lot of things. Who is on crack? I want Iguadala. But what passes the big unit test? It's time for Buy or Sell on the Bill Michaels Show. All right, Grand Bills, what do we got? Got a couple of football things, and then we'll close with a baseball thing. Because the Brewers, they play in 20 minutes here, so I thought that'd be a nice way to wrap up. Let's start with... NFL free agency. You mentioned it earlier on in the show. Kirk Cousins is set to be a free agent. He's the big quarterback on the market. And I read earlier today that Bill Barnwell at ESPN is projecting him around $51 million per year. If, if you ran, well, maybe you just answer my question. If you ran the Vikings bill by yourself, you'd bring back Kirk Cousins for two years, hundred ish million dollars. You would do that. Nope. I've paid him a lot of money and he has not delivered. He, you know, you haven't won anything with him, and you've spent and guaranteed his contract. First, it was a hundred million, ninety-something uh, million for three years. You guaranteed some more money to him, and no, and not coming back from that kind of an injury. Nope, not going to happen. I, I think I, I'm comfortable again going thirty, thirty-five million. But no, I, the, the salaries eventually, you're going to look at, and, and I know the salary cap went up dramatically, but. You got to look at these quarterbacks and say we are paying an enormous amount of money to quarterbacks that are not necessarily getting us over the hump, and we're ignoring all the other warts on our team. And no, I'm not paying him that amount of money. I, if somebody does, kudos to them. But it, no, I, there's no way in hell I'm paying Kirk Cousins 100 million dollars over the next 10 years or next two years. No. If you ran the Vikings, would you want to jump up and take a quarterback? Would yep. you? What, okay, that's what you do. Yep, I'm trading up. I'm trying to grab Drake May or somebody that's in that top three or four category, and just seeing what I can do as far as building my team around them. But no, I'm not. I'm not doing that. I, I'm not paying that kind of money because you, look at look, look what you can do if you pick up a couple of young guys that aren't going to make a ton of money over the next four or five years. Look what you can do six years with your team. And how you can fortify an entire team if you don't pay Kirk Cousins all that money. And it's time to start rebuilding that team, too. They gave it a shot. didn't work. You don't dive back into that pool and then 
try to piecemeal it together because there's even if Kirk Cousins comes back, they're not even they're they're not a contender. They weren't winning with him. They were struggling. I mean, the, two years ago they won what seven or eight games by one score on the final drive, and they were hanging on. And you thought, well, maybe they learned how to win. And instead, this year teams figured out how to beat them, and they weren't nearly as good. And Kirk, that was with Kirk Cousins, and then before he went down. So no, no way I'm paying him that. No, nope. I, I wonder that gets me thinking about something else. Maybe it's a topic for down the road. But was the Kirk Cousins era in Minnesota a success or a failure? Like, how is it going to be viewed failure. by? By different people, I would say it's a failure because he was brought to get him over the hump. They never got back to the yep. conference championship game. Okay. He won one. He has won one playoff game in his entire career. Now yeah. I know it's a team sport. I get that, but there's no way in hell that I'm paying a hundred million dollars to that guy for two years, fifty million a year for one playoff game. Nope. Not it happening. is a team sport, but the team he he was the final piece to the team that almost yeah. made the Super Bowl. So I. I don't know. We don't need to dwell on Kirk Cousins. I just wanted to ask you. You mentioned the draft and quarterbacks in the draft. Michigan is sending 18 players to the combine. It's the highest number ever. Adam Schefter put that out today. The most Mm -hmm. interesting quarterback in this draft to me is J.J. McCarthy. I'm looking right now at Daniel Jeremiah's mock draft. This is from last week. He actually has the Falcons taking J.J. McCarthy at eight after Caleb Williams, Drake May, and Jaden Daniels come off the board. Bill, are you buying or selling J.J. McCarthy is an NFL quarterback on a good team that could contend. Um, yeah, he, he's he's smart with the ball. I mean, that's the thing. It's it does he have this big arm, crazy, crazy, you know, accuracy? No, but he's smart with the ball, and he put Michigan in position to win. And I give him credit. Uh, I'm not a huge J.J. He's 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 not athletic. Uh, when it comes to some of the other, you know, a Caleb Williams or what have you, and he's not going to come into the league and be like a Lamar Jackson or a Justin Fields. He doesn't have a a magnanimous arm where he's going to throw it 70 yards, 20 yards above the ground. You know what he reminds me of? A better version of Brock Purdy. Interesting. And Brock Purdy is a a game manager and does the right things at the right times usually. And that's what J.J. McCarthy is. So you can win with him. Yeah. If you put him on a good team, he's not going to hurt you. And the, he can be an asset. So I would take J.J. McCarthy. Well, there, the yeah. Falcons might be that team. They, I, right. I didn't really think about it, but they, we think, got the tight end, the running back, the defense. Like, maybe that's their thing. Maybe it's Mac Jones 2.0. It's like, hey, this yeah. guy's probably, like, he's ready to go. He's not going to take three years to develop. He's, you know, kind of what you see is what you get. Right. It would be a little tough if I'm a Falcons fan. Dealing with Desmond Ritter for two years only to be handed J.J. McCarthy. where like I wouldn't be surprised if J.J. McCarthy has a very similar pro career. Here's, Desmond here's the other thing. Pay attention to Atlanta uh, because if Atlanta uses that eighth pick and whatever other capital they have, they could go get – you put Justin Fields on that turf if he's any kind of a quarterback. Uh, now, they, they still need an edge rusher, but if he's any kind of a quarterback – he becomes the starter, and he and with that that division not being strong as it is, he could if they bolstered that defense and found themselves a, a legitimate edge rusher, Justin Fields could end up being a guy that puts them into the postseason. So I would look more for Justin Fields to go to Atlanta than than uh, than you know them drafting a quarterback. I kind of want to see him in Atlanta. I, I want to yeah. see because there's so many people. I don't think he's that good. I don't think Justin Fields is that good. I, I know I don't that, think he is either. I know the team is a little dysfunctional. And he has always the best, the best situation. But if you're good, you see it at some point. And right. Never really seen him with Fields. 
I kind of want to see what it would look like in Atlanta. All right, last question, baseball question. The Dodgers, they have won 100 games each of the last four seasons, or I guess in 2020, it was the equivalent of a 100-win season. It was just shortened because of the pandemic. Right. This offseason, they signed Shohei and the star pitcher from Japan, Yamamoto. So massive offseason. I know baseball is fluky, but buy or sell, the Dodgers are that much better than everyone else, and you would pick them over the field in the National League given the choice. Man, um, normally I'd say no, right? Baseball has shown us you take yeah. the field, but this—that's my question: Is this Dodgers team that good? Where you actually yeah. rethink that? I yeah, it. I the Dodgers are what projected to win like a hundred and what game, hundred and ten or something like that? Some crazy number. I think they won a hundred and twelve last year, if I remember yeah. correctly. I'll look it up. I I just. Yeah, I'd probably have to go with the Dodgers and say uh, I take the Dodgers over the field. There, there, there's there's really not a lot of weaknesses on that team, and you know um, they got good management. They they've had a pretty consistent clubhouse, and they just keep putting better, better, and better, and better P. Then again, you know what? No, I'll, I'll change it. I'll take the field. And here's the reason why: every time you see a team that builds itself through money and just says we're going to buy everything, we're going to buy everybody, we're going to motor through everything, it usually doesn't work. And I think that's what I'm kind of hoping for with the Dodgers because it's a double-edged sword. If you take the Dodgers and the Dodgers, say, win 115, 16 games, they mow through the National League, they roll to a World Series, is that good for baseball or bad for baseball? I think it's bad for baseball because they're, they just bought them. Everybody will say they bought themselves a trophy. But if they do it and then they're contenders and then they're there again and there again, and it's just because they're spending more and more and more money – and other teams, we, this is what we talk about every year. At what point do you say, you've got to cap this? You you know, Milwaukee can't compete with L.A. They just can't. So at what point do you say, for the competitive balance and consistency balance of legitimately contending for a World Series with the money market teams that are basically in it every year, or at least in contention, at some point, if you're baseball, you got to go. Yeah, we we got to do something about this. And they're never going to get a cap. But what if they can just get some kind of a better luxury tax and more teams at the bottom are collecting more and more money? Like if you're the Dodgers and you go over two hundred million dollars, you're paying two dollars for every dollar you spend on luxury tax or something to that effect. Where they can still spend it, sure, go for it. But you're going to pay double for it because you're just beating the hell out of all the small market teams who can't afford it anymore. That I would be in favor of. Although the players' association will go nuts and doesn't want to allow that, but but yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna take the field, and the reason being is because it's very rarely really works. So, at least I'm hoping. I guess maybe it's more wishful thinking than anything. So I guess that's the point. Despite all the money the Dodgers spent, and despite how nuts they went, you still think, eh, baseball's weird. Probably will be someone else, and that's yeah. That's why baseball's so nuts. Is you have these teams that can win 112 games, spend hundreds of millions of dollars, and then they lose to the Diamondbacks who no one right. is even thinking about in, right, in right. July. Yep, completely agree. That's it? That's uh, all I got? I'll tell you, the other team that I'd be rooting for out of the uh, Nash, or out of the American League, I'd, I'd be rooting for, like, Baltimore. Come back, win the East again, beat up on those uh, the Dodgers or the, uh, the Yankees that continue to spend money and continue to pick up good players, beat up on them again, and win the whole damn thing and beat the Dodgers in doing it. That would be the best. But that would also be a detriment to the – team like Milwaukee because they'd say, see, these teams that don't spend a lot of money, they can still do it.
They can get it done. Uh, let's do this. We'll step out. We'll take a quick break. Come back. One more segment to go before we get out of here. Stay tuned. We got more of the Bill Michael Show coming up next. Ready? This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Welcome back. Final segment before we get out of here. Bill Michaels show on this nice, warm, sunny Monday. Sun shining. Get out and enjoy it. I guess it's going to be kind of a weird week because you've got, what, warm weather and the possibility of thunderstorms tomorrow. you got the possibility of snow in the 4K. you got all kinds of crazy stuff, you know? So all kinds of nut, nutty stuff going on. So check out, uh, check out outside uh, as much as you can uh, because you just never know when it's going to leave. I mean, we've had, uh, I think, snow all the way as late as, you know, first week of May. So I don't think we're necessarily done yet. But getting there, getting there. Um, let's see here. What else do we got? Uh, this one is from Steven. Steven says, uh, hey, unit, love the program today. Good seeing you at Mama Tried on Friday night. Uh, he says, do you think the Packers make a deal? For a free agent, for a free agent safety, I think there's a couple on the market that would probably fit the bill pretty well. But whether or not they play in a four-three versus a four-three-four defense, I don't know. I think the Packers need to automatically get better in the secondary. If they do, this team is probably only two players away from being there. Um, I, I think they're farther away than two players when it comes to the secondary. Uh, and I said before, I think you you could bring Keyshawn Nixon back because he was a dynamic returner a year, a couple of years ago. Uh, Darnell Savage, if you use him correctly. Uh, and I love Darnell Savage when he first came into the league was a hitter. He was a hitter and all of a sudden it all went away. And I don't know if it's just, if it was doghouse stuff or attitudes, I don't know, but if you can work it out and bring him back, a guy that would kind of work better, not as the free roamer back there, but maybe, you know, more of a slot guy. Um, I, I think he'd be better at that. Maybe utilize him in the right position more often. And more as a true safety. So I, um, I, but I think Keyshawn Nixon's probably the most likely to come back with Darnell Savage, those two guys. But I think they're more than a few players away. They, when it comes to the defense, and I hate to say this because we always talk about it every year. You know, you got to add depth here. You got to be better here. They were pretty good in the trenches. You can never have too much trench depth. Never, never too much pass rush depth. But. You could probably, out of the 11 draft choices that you have, you could probably go six of them, even seven of them, on defense. And then take a wide receiver, um, take a couple of linemen, and then a running back or two on offense. Um. But I, I, this is going to be again. I, I, I still say just take the best available player. But I get the sense it's going to be a very um, defensive deep draft this year, unless of course they delve into the free agent market sooner rather than later. Coming up tomorrow on the show, Jeff Levering is going to be here, uh, one of the voices 
of your Milwaukee Brewers. We're going to talk with him. Also, our buddy Steve Zotke from the Traction Reaction Podcast. Uh, a lot of racing talk tomorrow with him. Don't forget, later in the week, we got uh, we are scheduled to have Helio Castroneves here in studio. So we're looking forward to that as well. Uh, reports with Mike Clemens coming up. So uh, down in uh, down at the NFL Combine all week long, too. So a lot of good stuff. Good Monday. Good Monday. Good Monday stuff. Time for us to go. Have a going. See you.